Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Well, I will tell you, I don't know about you, but I have enjoyed the praise and worship, the music that has been laced throughout the service so far, and um, started to think about the old church. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. You know about that song? And no, the I, band I, didn't even back me I know, up. I know, just, so were, I know the song, I just don't know the lyrics. I get joy when I think of... Okay, I'll leave it right there. I, all right. Anyway, those of you that know the old church, because <laughs> they were in the old church today. They were singing the hymns and whatnot that, you know, the old church. I say old, I don't mean old in age, old in period. Um, and we look back at those songs and they never get, really get old. What's the difference between old in age and old in period? Well, I, I, there, there's a certain, like, like young people now are, mm-hmm. are, are singing the songs of the 70s. Yes. And the 80s, and they're getting most of it from movies and whatnot. So that's a period that never gets old. So even today, it can be referred to and enjoyed, you know. um, So you can get old in age and become irrelevant. But if you still are in touch with with a certain period, you can bring it in to today. People are discovering Michael Jackson's music all over again. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing how young people are discovering the old music. But everything makes full circle, right? Yeah, it's true. I was at a funeral yesterday in Virginia uh, for one of um, Victor Torres, mm-hmm. uh, who you know, grew up and went through the same program at the same time with um, Nikki Cruz. Nikki Cruz, thank you. I don't know how yeah. I forgot. <laughs> and, you know, and just to see what he has done and all the stuff that has happened out of, came out of New Life because they started their uh, addiction program and things like that because the two of them were dealing with addictions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the, there's a movie about him on Netflix uh, called Victor, and it was a very good movie. Talk a little bit about it, but you see how God moved in his life. And for the funeral, his wife died, Carmen, Pastor Carmen, and New Life uh, Church in Richmond, Virginia, and they started playing some of the old songs. And at a point, I stopped singing some of the old hymns and just reflecting on some of the words, you know, like nothing but the blood. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and looking at the, the start going to the text and say, okay, where did this come from? And start to say, okay, wow, you start taking on understanding certain meanings and then the depth of those songs and what it really meant to the author, the writer of that song. It just, it just, so I appreciate the hymns. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, you know, we, we try to think that they're irrelevant, but, you know, things just continue. Anything inspired by the Holy Spirit has eternal life built into it. So it may seem to fade away, but it comes, keeps coming back. And eternal life is perpetual life. And let me just uh, share with you, because per- perpetual life, eternal life, and on the board you see the word immortality. Um, every week after the service, we get feedback. Most of that feedback comes to you through social media. Yeah, social media. How else? Emails. Emails. That text messages. And text messages. Mm-hmm. And people are asking questions. Yes. They are responding to uh, elements of the service. Mm-hmm. And they are making comments as well on some of the things that we've talked about. So it's become more and more interactive, which we, we, which we love. We have people who are uh, managing the chat 
right now. And as you put on questions and comments, and don't get distracted in the chat, because the chat can distract you. Don't let that distract you. But yes. Learn chat etiquette. Yeah, chat, chat etiquette. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. Say it again. Chat etiquette. There it is. Yeah. Chat etiquette. All right. Um, we understand the chat is also like a, a lobby. Because a gathering place. place. Yeah. The virtual yeah. gathering place yeah. for, you know, to substitute the, you know, the gathering place of the brick and mortar. People are saying hello, mm -hmm. praise the Lord, and all of that. Uh, but then when it's time to come into the Word, and we try to manage it because we have, you know, outsiders who may sneak in and try to... Solicit. Uh, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you call that when they jump in and start trolling? Trolling. Trolling. They trolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and try to undermine things. But last week, uh, I, I said for the second time, but in a little bit greater detail, I referred to immortality mm -hmm. and that... God, in his grace and his love for mankind, immediately went into action and removed Adam and Eve from the garden and barred access to the garden specifically because of the presence of the tree of life. And the tree of life, he said, lest they eat from it, mm -hmm. right, and live that way forever. And we have to be careful with the language uh, that we use uh, eternal life, live forever, everlasting life. These are all terms that we use, but we, we, we really need to understand them in relationship to God. And I think that's, that is important because some of the questions came up about that, and I want to touch on that today. This whole year, every message is going to be in some way related or in the orbit of our theme called Presence. And when you think of immortality, that relates directly to the presence of God. And that's so, so important because it's about communication. Yes. And when, when you know, we're separated from God, we lose life. Everything that God is, his nature, his love, uh, and his light come from him. They flow out from him. So immortality flows from God. So when you say that, I think of the principle that you've, you've taught, you know, through Dr. Cole, and our communication is the basis for life, right? When communication breaks down, abnormality sets in. So hold it. Communication is not just talking because that's one aspect of mm -hmm. communication. Uh, talking is a result of being connected yes. to each other. Go ahead. So communication breaks down, abnormality sets in. Anything left in an abnormal state, there's terminal conditions built into it. It's death, right? And if you don't resolve that abnormal state, death is the ultimate result. All right. You just unpack the principle. So communication is the basis mm -hmm. for life. life because, and the reason why I ask that is because you're talking about communication between us, the presence of God, and what does that look like? So now we're looking at, from a human perspective, communication. So it's not just about a verbal dialogue. Mm -hmm. Right. It's more about you know, it's something bigger. And, you know, so please unpack that, especially when you look at the presence of God, because so often people feel that the God is not present because they're not hearing him. True. 
right? That's true. Yeah, I don't that hear God. You know, some people like, you know, especially when I, you know, I started out, people saying, oh, God told me. I'm like, I must not be that spiritual because God is always talking to that person and he's not talking to me, you know? <laughs> or, or, or they always have a word from the Lord. You, you know those people, right? Those I, I super think, duper saints. I think those are people who are talking to themselves and every now and then God <laughs> is able to slip a word in. That's what I think. But the reality is that communication idea. So think about it. I'll, 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 all right. I'll, I'll get into it in terms of our connection to God. Yes. But in everyday life, in human, your wife, you're married, mm-hmm. right? What happens if communication breaks down? And it's not just you're not talking to each other. It's, yes. it's that you're not in fellowship with each other, mm-hmm. right? Intimacy uh, decreases. Say, uh, wait, wait. Say it again. Intimacy decreases. Affection decreases. Um, you know, you, there's, there's a distancing between the two individuals uh, that cre- it happens. And remember, this is not like you've taught us. This is not based on miles, right? It's an uh, affection. It's based yeah. on affection. So mm-hmm. now there's a distancing that happens when there's a break in communication. So when a break in communication, we tend to withdraw affection, yes. and the withdrawal affection creates distance. Yeah, so the snowball effect of, of so many different things that come out of that. And- yeah. Because think about it, then you start getting frustrated, you start getting angry, and then, and then if, if you anger unchecked, you got bitterness that you deal with, and, and then bitterness unchecked, you, you, you generate to cynicism, you know, and then cynicism unchecked. You got my mind going. I know. Here. You know, you got my mind going. Because think about it, on a computer, if there is a communication error, yes. all right, then mm-hmm. there's a break. You're no longer accessing information and mm-hmm. interaction. And when we say that, and this is all principle, and this is why here we teach principles yeah. as a broad and basic, we teach patterns, principles, precepts, uh, broad and basic truth upon which we can build a, a proper sociological structure, a proper life, a successful life. So the principle of communication is the basis for life. When communication breaks down, abnormality sets in, and the ultimate end of all abnormality mm-hmm. is death. It's true in human relationships. But you also brought another principle about, about affection. Oh, yes. That, yes. That, that in human relationships, distance is not measured in miles. It's measured in affection. Okay. So people, two people can be on opposite sides of the planet mm-hmm. and yet close to each other because there is affection mm-hmm. that, that keeps them together. Two people can be right next to each the other. Same bed. Same, ooh, same bed. You can be in the same bed. I'm talking to somebody today. <laughs> <laughs> and yet be miles yes. apart. Because of the withdrawal affection. And we withdraw affection to create distance. Mm-hmm. And another principle is that error increases with distance. Yes. So the ooh, error ooh. continues to expand error out increases as distance. distance is created. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because it, you look, if, if the, the shortest distance, is, man, I get goosebumps talking about the word, <laughs> because the word is so applicable to daily life, right? So the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Mm-hmm. So you measure if you're here and that's where you want to get to, a straight line is there. But if your direction starts off just a little bit off Mm -hmm. from that point, as you continue to move in that off direction, you get further and further away from the point that you're trying to reach. And then also, if I may add on to that, as you you, you go off, that's where distractions become attractive. Uh, Whoa, what? Say that again? That's where distractions become attractive. No. <laughs> you better not. That COVID. This COVID. <laughs> Distraction becomes attractive. Attractive mm-hmm. as the distance becomes greater. The, the error becomes yes. greater. Because the question is now, what do you focus on? <laughs> and this all goes back to 
communication, communication. Mm -hmm. right? So when we think about human relationships, communication is critical. You break the, the leaf off from a, a plant. Mm -hmm. You've broken communication, communication mm -hmm. because the life that is in the leaf, is in the, the plant is no longer going through mm -hmm. and to the leaf because the leaf cannot give life of itself. Mm. The only life that the leaf has is that which it receives from the source, which is the plant. So, so the this creation. Preaching, right? I know, right there, right there. Right there. So the creation. <laughs> Come on. The creation cannot get life itself, but only as long as it's connected to the creator. Boom. <laughs> yes. Boom. Yes. <laughs> so, so, come on. So, so think about immortality because too often, you know, you read in the scripture about eternal life. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Immortality uh, must be understood from God's mm -hmm. perspective. Because essentially, oh, we talk about having eternal life, right? God is the only immortal being. Mm -hmm. We are not immortal. He's the only one that is the source of life. You got to unpack that because, uh, you know, in the church, you think of eternal life, immortality, all, all your know, So now you go into spiritual, spiritual mortality, uh, you know, and so, so can the spirit die? That, that's just it. Everything in creation, in the created order, all right, can perish except God. So even angels? Angels. Now that's... I, I know, I get know. deep here, I all know. right? Because think, people think that... The, the realm of the invisible, the realm of the spiritual, all right, um, that it's immortal. Mm -hmm. But if that's true, then they're God. And that's not true. And then the problem that we have as cre uh, the creatures, as humans, is our, is, is, is our relationship with time. See, time, it, it, so if it wasn't for time, then it would be very difficult for us to govern Immortality. Right, because Eternity, we're, we're right? linear. Yes, we're, so linear we're very linear. So time, you know, so if you look at time differently then you, and you have a different relationship with time, then you can start understanding it from God's perspective, this whole idea of eternity, uh, immortality, and stuff like I, I, that. Let's go to First, first Timothy chapter 6, all right, verse 13. Peter's, I, I, I'm sorry, the Apostle Paul is speaking here. You said First Timothy? To Timothy. First Timothy 6, 13. We'll start there, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And this is important because people get a little confused about that because they think that, like, you talk about the immortal soul. Does mm -hmm. the soul live forever? Do angels live forever? You know, um, that's a very important question. Well, forever is a time statement. Well, everlasting, eternal. Mm -hmm. So even if we introduce that kind of language, which the eternal in, in the Greek, especially in the New Testament, it means perpetual. It mean, and, and if you say perpetual life, it means you have the ability to produce life. But only God mm -hmm. can produce life. Well, so you got to say it again. Right? Because <laughs> it, think about this. Even looking at the you know, Marvel movie that came out, Eternals. And if you, that, that concept, right, in, in essence, the, that eternal being was perpetua you know, perpetuating life. You know, and that, that whole concept. Yeah, but only God. See, mm -hmm. let's look at First Peter. I'm sorry, First Peter. I keep saying First Peter. First Timothy. Chapter 6, verse 13, I charge you in the presence of God, hallelujah, who gives life, who gives life to all things. Did you hear that? Who gives life to all things. So all things have life because God gives it to mm -hmm. them. That's the only way that they have life. That's the only way they can live. Who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus 
who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And look at verse 16. Who alone has immortality? Who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and internal and eternal dominion. Amen. God is the only one that has immortality because he can perpetuate life. No one else can perpetuate life. Any life that we experience in perpetuity is because we're connected to the source of life. Yeah, and, and that's the amazing thing about God because it's only in God who is the only, and I would say being, that through himself, he exists. Exactly. Ah, watch out. Back up. Back up. Leave that. <laughs> Don't touch that yet. We got to get to that because yes. you know that was the conversation that God had with Moses. Mm -hmm. All right. Let, let's go. Let's go to a, go through a, a few passages. John. John one four. John one four. Gospel of John chapter one verse four. In him, talking about Jesus Christ, right? In him was life, mm -hmm. and the life was the light of men. I don't know if you remember ah, a couple months ago, I drew the circle of life, mm -hmm. right? And how everything began with the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then from there, creation flows. So out of him came love. Love is life. Mm -hmm. Life brings light. So when you break that connection, what happens? You end up with darkness. Mm -hmm. You end up with death you end up with the opposite of love. Lust takes over. Selfishness takes over. Self-destruction is a result of it. So in him, in, and this is what distinguishes Jesus from everybody else, any other prophet, any other messianic finger, figure, in him was life. What does that mean? In him was life. And the life that was in him was the light of men. Let's go to John chapter 5. And as we find it, it's so key because people, once again, they still ask that question. You got a lot of these individuals, uh, mainstream uh, artists and actresses, saying, you know, they still feel that there's multiple ways to God, right? But until you start understanding, you know, the presence of God and who God is at this level, do you can understand that all ways, all roads can't lead to God. That's right. It has to be a specific way. Because if, there's, if, if all roads lead to God, then one of the roads are lying. Right? Well, because each road says, says me, me, you me. You got all these roads, but where, <laughs> you go, where is that road going to take you? Yeah. Where are you going to end up? The Bible says there is a way that mm -hmm. seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. It's destruction. Yep. That's why Jesus came and said, I am not a way, but the, the way. way, the life, the truth. So the way matters, the life matters, and truth matters. Mm -hmm. So let's go to uh, John chapter 5, uh, verse 21. Jesus says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, right? So also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. Uh, who sent him? Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from 
death into life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now where when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and whose, those who hear will live. For as the Father, now here's an important verse, verse 26. For the, as the Father has life in himself. In other words, he generates life. Yep. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, to perpetuate life. So out of Christ can come life. And he proved that life was in him as a power, as a source, right? By raising Lazarus from the dead mm -hmm. and his own resurrection. And a little boy. Uh, right. That's others that, that he, you know, that he's elevated, that he's raised. So, so Jesus proved that he is the source of life, which speaks to his divinity. It speaks to his deity. All right. Because he raised Lazarus from dead and himself. Any immortality we experience is because of our connection to God. I'm say that again. Any immortality that we experience is because of our connection to God. Any immortality, perpetuity of life, that angels experience is because of their connection to God. In other words, we are all, all of creation is dependent on him, but he is dependent on no one. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I like what the old preacher said, he's God all by himself. Yes. He's yep. complete within himself. Yep. So you said something. When God revealed himself to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, he revealed himself as El Shaddai, God Almighty. Mm -hmm. In the ancient world, El was already established as a name for God mm -hmm. in Mesopotamia, in Babylonian culture, in Egyptian culture. So to bring Shaddai and El together, it says that Yahweh is not just a God, but he is Almighty God. So to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he revealed himself. He appeared as El Shaddai, the almighty God, to begin the process of informing a portion of humanity that in all of the so-called gods, those imposters out there, <laughs> all right, he is to be elevated as the supreme God over all. But now he comes to Moses, which goes back to what, mm -hmm. what, what you pointed out. So now he comes to Moses, Exodus chapter 6. I'm looking at it here. Uh, Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Mm -hmm. the, the I am's. And of course, mm -hmm. Jesus, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and I am. You know, so he, Jesus presents himself as Yahweh. Yes. So God speaks to Moses and says to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. Mm -hmm. So in his first appearance, his initial appearance, he presents himself a certain way for a specific reason. Now, that he has built an understanding of himself in that light, now he reveals himself in his fullness. Because I am is Yahweh. Yahweh means the self-existent mm -hmm. one. He is God all by himself. He is mm -hmm. complete within himself. And why that's important, because he's about to, with Moses, go up against the gods of Egypt. Now we're in the visible war. Yeah. He is about to go up against the gods of Egypt. The gods, these so-called deities in the ancient world, depended on humans to serve them. Mm -hmm. So Yahweh presents himself to Moses and says, 
I'm good by myself. I'm, I'm, I'm the only being that's without need. Come on, come on. I am the mm-hmm. self-existent and, and this one. is where the concept that the Rastaf- Rastafaris get, the I and I. Mm. So they, because they try to explain and understand this whole idea of this self-existent being, that, you know, only you know, I and I. If somebody asks a question, say, D- does God ever get bored? That means you, got, you, d- you think you're dealing with a simple mind. Exactly. Right? You know, you're, <laughs> limited you're, mind. You're for, for the, being, the self-existent one to get bored means that he, he has time on his head to get bored. Like, he has so much going on. Like, boredom does not come upon him <laughs> like that. Not even an issue, right? Let's go to Acts chapter 17. Think about this particular verse, verse 24, Acts 17, 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hand, nor is he served by human hands. Very important distinction between him and all the other so-called gods. As though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation, one blood, every nation of mankind, to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So all of life comes from God. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is, if I may, there is this circle of life, right? And love is what, why God created the universe, right? Because he created it for his son. All things were made by Jesus and for Jesus. So out of love came life. Out of life comes light. So when the life of God that flows from the love of God enters, the lights go on. Understanding comes. At the entrance of the word, there's light. And it creates a circle that perpetuates, that comes back. If that is broken in any way, then there's a disconnect. And things go in opposite directions. So back to communication, right? Before there were any animals... Before there were any humans or angels, Yahweh existed by himself, Mm -hmm. right? He's the self-existent one. So eternal life or immortality essentially is unbroken fellowship and relationship in the presence of God. Unbroken. Unbroken. Fellowship. Fellowship. Relationship. Relationship in the presence of God. Of God. So, so is the tree of life, was, is that, in essence, was it a tree or was it figuratively speaking? Somebody asked me this uh, 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 about God and, and, and not being able to feed from that, right? Because he said if they eat from the tree of life, right, they'll be, you know, they'll live forever yeah. in this state. You know, so what, what was the tree of life? It's a symbol of the fact that all life flows from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. When you're removed from his presence, yes. you're removed from life. Yes. In the presence of God, there's life, there's love, there's joy, there's peace, all of that. So that's, that's important because it's all about staying connected. When you disconnect and that communication is broken, everything goes in the other direction. So eternal death 
All right, the ultimate death, because there's the death of the body, but then there is the death of the soul. Or, and it doesn't, see, when we think of death, we think of the cessation of life. It's mm -hmm. no longer a living, moving, animated yep. being. But no, God thinks in terms of relationship. Mm. That's why Jesus well, You got to say it again. You got to say it again because you can't gloss over that because it's true. Because well, remember, we, we're trying to get the individuals to grasp this concept. You're, you're sharing some information at a different level where we've been rooted in the whole idea of death, you know, un, 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 unliving somebody. <laughs> unliving, <yeah. laughs> unliving somebody. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, they're dead in the casket, stuff like that. But when we look, our, our perspective is a little off. Because when you're saying that it's uh, 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 the presence being in or out of the presence of God, that's, that's it. death. That's what, that's what it boils down to. So we, we Again, really we think that. of death as mm -hmm. the cessation of animation. There's no yes. longer animation activity. But Jesus said to someone who said, you know, Lord, I'll follow you. Um, first, let me go bury my father. Yeah. And what did Jesus say to a dead. living man yep. who was dealing with a dead man, his father? He said, let, let the, the dead, dead bury, bury the dead. The dead. Yes. So Jesus was calling living folks dead, mm -hmm. which meant that they were separated from God. So in that sense, they were dead. So in, in biblically speaking, this whole idea of death and life is about relationship. Mm -hmm. So what is divorce? The death, death of a relationship, yep. the death of a marriage. Divorce is the death of a relationship. So those two are no longer connected, and it didn't, it didn't start when they ended up in court. Mm -hmm. That just made it official. It started when they were, you know, still bound, but the connection was broken. Like a dead battery. It's a, it's a separation of the energy that was once in the battery, no longer there. That, that's good, because a battery cannot make no. energy of itself. Yeah, it can be charged, it can be receive energy, but now it's a dead battery. That means that what, the life force that was in that battery is no longer there, so now it's dead because it's separated. Exactly. And that's why when Jesus was dealing with uh, Lazarus, he said to his disciples, Lazarus sleeps. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, if he's sleeping, then he's okay because he's yeah, going to wake, wake up. up. <laughs> he had to explain to them, no, in your terms, mm -hmm. in your understanding, Lazarus is dead. Yes. And then they said, well, why didn't you just say so in the first place? And then, you know, he went and raised him dead. But what he was making was a distinction mm -hmm. between physical death, right? Yes. Which is kind of the shutting down of the computer. The data is still there intact. All right. The computer is no longer active. And Ultimate death, which mm -hmm. is separation from God. So it's very important. Immortality cannot happen on its own. It's only because of our connection to God. So eternal life is essentially unbroken fellowship in the presence of God. Unbroken relationship in the presence of God. Eternal death is what? Separation, separation. from that presence. Mm -hmm. So when we see Adam and Eve, his removal from, their removal from the garden was a removal of, from the presence of God, mm -hmm. and they lost access to the life, life of, of God, God. Yes. represented by the tree. Yep. So, and, and that's a great concept. So if you look at it and approach this whole idea of Christianity and the need for the cross, the life, death, and resurrection of God, it's said, okay, there's two, two options, Inter eternal death and eternal life. Eternal access, right, to, to, to the life, love, you know, in light of God, which does something for us personally, or to death, where we end up living in decay and a whole dark atmosphere. Think about how it plays out, all right? Because what happened after they were removed from the garden? What was the result of being removed from the presence of God and the life of God? What was the result? Their life ran out. Yes. The life that they had in them, mm -hmm. which came from God, ran out. So death is when 
your battery dies. <laughs> yeah, life the life that no you were connected to yes. uh, died. So a leaf doesn't die immediately. Mm -hmm. It dies over time when yep. you break it away from the plant and leave it there. When it's first broken, it looks great. It looks healthy. Yes. But over time, because it cannot create life of in its on its own in its in and of itself, it begins to show the signs, the results mm -hmm. of that disconnect. Yes. I'm going to say that again. Yes, yes. That was deep. Yes, that was it deep. is. I hope you all Powerful. got that. When you're separated from God, it, it doesn't show up immediately. Mm. But over time, you begin to manifest yes. the results of that separation. Yes, yes, The yes. deterioration starts to turn brown and shrivel up. Why? Because there's no light. So think about it on a grand scale. What happened when Adam and Eve were removed from the garden? The presence of God. Garden symbolizes the presence of God, right? Uh, and removed from access to the life of God. First thing they experienced was fear, mm -hmm. right? They hid themselves. Mm -hmm. They were still in the garden and fearful, all right? And that's interesting how you can be in the presence of God and fearful because you're in sin. Oh, you hear that? <laughs> you hear that? It's another, another little nugget right there. Yeah, why you Please come repeat to church. that. Please repeat that. <laughs> you can be in the presence of God and still fearful because of sin. Your consciousness of God's awareness mm -hmm. of that broken, that disconnect, he was there. Because remember, you know, Satan entered the presence of God mm -hmm. in the divine council. You know, Job said when the sons of God came together to present them before the Lord, you know, Satan showed up too. So, and he was in a fallen state when he showed up. So you can be in church and in broken fellowship with God, right? And feel a, a conviction of the Holy Spirit and at the same time, a condemnation by the accuser, the devil, and going through changes while you're sitting there. Yep, yep. And you have to, that's why you have to fix that. You have to deal with it. Think about it. We, we had communion today. And he, he said, this is my body, which was broken, right? And this is my blood, which was shed. Why? Because the Bible teaches that the life is in the blood. So when we take communion, what are we accessing? The Symbolically, life. the life that mm -hmm. was in the blood yep. of Jesus Christ. We're saying that we're connected. Every time we take communion, it is an outward presentation of our connection yes. to the life of God, which was in Christ. But think about it. God says, I, my spirit will not always strive with man. So there is now the Holy Spirit and the presence of God is now removed from humanity. Mm -hmm. This is early on, right out of the garden. Fear comes in, Genesis 3.10, right? We were afraid. We hid ourselves because we were afraid. And then Genesis 3.17 to 19. In fact, we better look at that one. Hard labor. Yep. Verse 17. And to Adam, he said, God said, because you listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I command, commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curses the ground because of you in pain. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of, of your, your brow. brow, the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you <laughs> shall return. That's like a slap in the face. That's a, just a slap Ooh. in the face. Ooh. And where does that come from? Being removed from mm -hmm. the present. So fear comes in. Hard labor comes in. The very earth that was supposed to willingly yield its fruit mm -hmm. to this vice regent, 
human beings mm -hmm. who were called to have dominion and given that power, now the very thing that they're supposed to have dominion over is going to resist that dominion. Mm. It's going to resist it and fight against it. And, and let's, 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 let's make a separation. We still were going to be called to work. Oh, yeah. But the level of work that now we have to do, you know, like you said, you're fighting, you know, what, what, what was naturally, with the, on the natural evolution or flow of things was it was supposed to submit itself to us, right, and produce this fruit. Now we have to go in into the dirt and have, it's a, so it changed the relationship between us and nature. Come on. That's why when you go to jail, where do you get? Hard labor. Yes, hard, hard crack labor. Crack those rocks. Yep, crack, no, <laughs> crack those rocks. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe license plates, but crack those, that's years ago, crack those rocks. They're still cracking rocks. Okay. okay. And laying railroad ties down. So fear, that's right, railroad ties. You know, the prison industrial complex, that's another conversation. Fear, hard labor, and Genesis 6, let's go to Genesis 6, 11. Now the earth, this is just 11 chapters into the book. Genesis, the beginning. Now the earth was corrupt, so corruption sets in, mm -hmm. in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. Mm -hmm. Violence steps in, steps in, and God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So we, we, we see that what fear sets in, mm -hmm. hard labor sets in, violence sets in, corruption sets in, oppression sets in, and it all ends in death. Yes, because even, even at one point in the, in the text where God had to reinstill the fear of man into animals. That's right. Right? So that's, that's, right. that's how much of a change in the dynamics between our relationship with nature. And well, we were supposed to rule them. Yeah. So all the things, think about drugs. Mm -hmm. What? We were supposed to master plants. Mm -hmm. But when you develop a drug habit... You now are being mastered yep. by yep. the very thing that you were supposed to master. Wow. And what happens? And you look at a, a person who, who ends up on drugs. You see the deterioration that takes place mm -hmm. in that person. The way they look, yep. their, their health, their face, their voice changes. Everything begins to change because of that deterioration. The aging process. It, it, it just accelerates. Yep. Any, all semblance towards mm -hmm. death. It accelerates the movement towards death because death, death, is, death is the ultimate end. When, when we lived in Williamsburg before it became Williamsburg, oh, yeah. uh, in those days it was gangs, it was drugs. Prostitution. Uh, it was prostitution. Remember, mommy picked up that one. All right, so dear Pastor Karen <laughs> <coughs> used to minister to the prostitutes yes. that mm -hmm. were down on the main uh, avenue. Mm -hmm. He would talk with them. Giving them money. And minister to the Lord. Praying with uh, them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And what we would see is when these were young girls, mm -hmm. when they first came out on the strip, yep. and they looked like beautiful young mm -hmm. girls, within three months, yep. you could see the deterioration mm -hmm. in their faces. They looked like they aged very, very quickly. Physical abuse. So what exactly what, what that leaf shows after a while in its detachment from the plant is exactly what humans show in detachment from God. Mm -hmm. If we, even in detachment from relationship with God, try to follow the values and morality of God, it sustains that life a little longer, mm -hmm. but it still ends in death. That's why you have people who are moral people, right? And they mm -hmm. think that, Okay, you know, but ultimately, it's all going to end yeah. in death. And, and it's true because now we started youth ministry back in our, the early 2000s, and I'm looking you know, at some of the, the Instagrams and the 
you know, the TikToks or the videos of some of the individuals that have left the church and they went down. You could tell they went through a hard life. And you could see, like, you know what I'm saying? Man, you know, when you were in the church, you looked so much better compared to what, <laughs> yeah. what are you going through? So I, I actually try to reach out to them, some of them and say, okay, what are you going through? What, what's going on in your life that you, you're, 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 you, the, it's being expressed so much on your face and your facial features and your aging process that, you know, we need to talk about? That is where, what we call the burden of sin. Jesus said, uh, essentially, take my yoke, take my yoke upon you. Mm-hmm. Learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whatever you are yoked to mm-hmm. in life, you carry the burden of. Yep. So when you're yoked to sin, you carry the burden of sin, and it begins to show up on your face, the way you think, the way you interact with people. Everything changes. You can tell when a person is removed from a context of love, life, and light. Mm-hmm. They become bitter, yep. they become angry, mm-hmm. and, 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 and if you remove yourself and hang out with people like mm-hmm. that, you begin to pick up their spirit, their mannerisms, yep. their way of thinking, yep. their way of living. So if you're watching this, I just want to take this moment, and that might be you. you, you stepped away from the church, come back. You know, judge-free zone, come back. We're not, you know, here to judge you. We're here to support you. We're here to love you. We're here to, you know, build you up and reconnect you. It is the community of the presence yes, of God. Yes, please come back. Don't fight it. You know, some of you might be going through something hard, and some of you might consciously dealing with self-guilt and self-doubt, self-pity, but we're saying come back. God loves you. Come back. Yeah. This is where worship mm-hmm. takes place. This is where the government of God is exercised because we're in submission to the government of God, the rule of God, the kingdom of God. This is where there's shared values Mm -hmm. and a vision for life and humanity, values like the life and dignity of the human person, Mm -hmm. the common good, we're our brother's keeper. All of those things take place in the community of the church. Even accountability through love. Yeah. Because accountability through lust or hate or anything like that is really just condemnation. It's not accountability. That's good. That's very good because you can exploit someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, like that. So, you know, yeah, the church is filled with human beings, yeah, we got with issues. all of our flaws, yes. with all of our shortcomings, but it is still a place where, look, like a hospital is full of sick people, right? Mm-hmm. But they're being healed. That's yes. the objective of them being there, to be healed and to leave healthy, to walk health in, in, in health. So here's where you stay plugged in. Yeah. You stay plugged in on a personal level, but God created three things, his word, mm-hmm. the spirit, his spirit, and the church, community. And you don't grow in isolation, you only grow in community. Yep. So immortality, yeah, only God is truly mm-hmm. immortal because he perpetuates life. He's yes. the, he is the self-existent one. Yahweh means the I am, the self-existent one. All other life, all other creation, all right, depends on him. So you talk about angels living, all he has to do is disconnect. It's like, it's like playing a key on the keyboard. As long as you're holding that key mm-hmm. down, there's, there's music. Remove that, there's no more music. Yes. And that it is with God. So God is really the only immortal being. Yes. But out of him flows immortality. Out of him flows life. And when you're connected to him, stay connected to him, you're connected to love, life, and light. And it'll show up on your face. It'll make you look good. Yes, yes. The beauty of holiness. It does. Is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise so, the Lord. Uh, that was good, man. Well, yeah, thank you. Because once again, you know, I, I pray for the people that as they receive this information that they, they are at a place where it, you know, they can 
understand it. And not just understand it. Now my next prayer, prayer is while I'm up here is that they can articulate it. Yeah. So there's, a, there's language given for them to be able to articulate this. And because the ultimate reason, right, and when we look at there's five questions as humanity that we ask is origin, right, meaning, mm-hmm. identity, mm-hmm. morality, and destiny. Ooh, say that again. Right? Say it again. You know, origin. origin. Every human being comes to this, this place where they have to ask these five questions if they're really thinking about life in a meaningful way. Origin, right? Where does this all start from? Whatever your answer is, you come to a conclusion. But to me, God fits the, God fits the narrative the best. Christianity fits the narrative of reality the best. So origin, meaning. What's the meaning for life, right? If there's origin, there has to be meaning. Some, we're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right? Identity. What's my identity? Out of Christ, I, get, I find my identity. Morality. Is there objective or subjective uh, uh, standard of morality? And if there is a, 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 an objective standard, right, where do we get that objective yeah. standard from? Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, destiny. There has to be something bigger and better than this physical body that I'm faced with. And you just answered a lot of that today. And if we didn't believe that, we would not spend so much money trying to make the world better. Mm-hmm. There'd be no hospitals, mm-hmm. right? There'd be none of all of the money that we spend, even on distractions to help us work through it. Mm-hmm. Entertainment, all right? What does entertainment do? It seizes our emotions while suspending our critical thinking, but it, <laughs> it, it seizes our emotions mm-hmm. so that we can have sort of a distraction, a, a removal from the realities of life that we have to struggle with. And people you know, do that in different ways. Yes. Drugs can be an escape. Mm-hmm. They're all this need for escape. And, and we engage in it and spend billions of dollars in society trying to make things better, trying to find a cure for cancer, a, a, a cure for this, trying to create peace uh, in times of war, trying to squelch conflicts. We create organizations, the United Nations and NATO and international, you know, um, nations come together. <laughs> all, right, all of that stuff. What are we trying to do to make life better? And the reason we do that is because we don't believe that it's supposed to be the way it is. We don't believe that. And, and then the other reason is because we're not staying connected. If you stay connected with God, there, there is a, 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 a something that you get in the presence of God, yeah. this high, you know, the, the, and this, 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 this energy, this excitement that, you know, it, you just get in the presence of God. And if, you know, if you're looking for that, Find God. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if you're looking for that energy, find God. You know how many times I used to f- be tired and I said, okay, I'm make sure, especially during Lent right now, of making this sure I wake up every morning and hit that Bible and, and hit, you know, hit, hit, hit that Discipline. prayer life. Discipline. Right? Yeah. And there's something that happens is you, you become disciplined. It becomes a part of your lifestyle that the energy that you get from meeting, looking forward to meeting God every morning yeah. takes on a whole different level of energy Come than on. looking at saying, okay, I got to go to the gym. Ah, you know, but no, let me meet the face of God this morning. That's every morning. Connect. Let me meet the face That's of it. God That's tomorrow it. morning. Let me meet the face of God you know, the <laughs> <Hallelujah>. next morning. <laughs> That's staying connected. Yes. And listen, you disconnect from God, you can run for a minute, mm-hmm. but then it's the disconnection, the disconnect is going to start showing up. Because once you get that taste, yeah. once you get oh, that taste, taste and right? see. Yes, once you get that taste good. of the goodness of God, I'm telling you, you're going to find yourself coming back 180 to the church because nothing could quench that taste That's that it. you've tasted before. That's it. Nothing can take the place mm-hmm. of, of God in our hearts. Now, we have a minister who's going to pray, yes. right? All right. And if you are viewing us for the first time, joining us for service, uh, or if you've never made a commitment to Christ, 
we have a minister who's going to share some words and pray with you. Yes. As Pastor Jamal just said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And some of you right now have a bitter taste in your mouth because you've been tasting the wrong things. There's a show that I don't watch but I've heard of called The Walking Dead. And the whole premise of The Walking Dead is trying to survive life and convert a life that's already disconnected. So they're walking like zombies. They're taking steps through life, but never getting better, never healing, never, uh, never getting better, never walking more holy. And yet the whole premise is, is to make sure they are in search of life. And so maybe that's you this morning. You are in the search for life. You recognize that you've been disconnected. You also recognize that you can't do it yourself. And in the midst of your inability, that you want to know Jesus. You want to be connected to real life, not just now, but in the life to come. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. I'm going to invite you not to wait another second, not to wait for another opportunity, not to wait for the next time or the next invitation, but right where you sit right now or where you stand or where you cry in your house right now or while you're driving, that you would turn your heart over to Jesus so that you can actually have a life and experience life to the full. If that's you, I'm inviting you to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, as I come to you right now, I admit and confess that my life is broken, that I am walking dead, that I am walking apart from love, light, and life. But because of your word and because of the drawing of, your, of me on your heart, that you're inviting me to come live life with you and to that invitation, I say, yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for cleansing me of my sin. Thank you for giving me life evermore. Thank you for giving me life better than I could have ever imagined. I thank you for this new life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We do want to say if you made uh, Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior today, we welcome you to the family of God. And if you did that, we're going to ask you to text SAVE to 631-250-2688. Or call 718-306-1061 and someone will uh, pray with you. We want to welcome you all to the family and the kingdom of God. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the service uh, the extended service. We yeah, got a little extra treat here. Yeah, right? we have a little extra treat. You see our other individuals. But uh, like I always say, the journey for life is not easy, period. This walk with Christ, this Christian walk, I believe, once again, fits the best narrative when it comes to life and the reality that we call life. And if you truly, honestly give it a go, you will find yourself being more successful and living life abundantly. Right? You can live life and you can find success in your successful point. But the question is, what does abundant life look like for you as an individual? So please give this an earnest, earnest try. And I'm telling you, you'll find yourself being more successful and living, loving life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that everything is going to be wonderful. No. Yeah. But how you 
we, look, saints and sinners go through the same thing, yes. but we go through them differently. Yes. We approach them differently, mm -hmm. a different mindset, and it makes a big difference. And that segment, that segment segments us into this conversation <laughs> that you see the, some of the wine family, not, um, I'm going to behave. I'm going to behave, BB. It's okay. BB, I'm going to let you make the introductions because <laughs> you're here today, but you brought some guests with you. And when we think about redemption, when we think about disconnecting, because we, we, we're not, for, for believers, and let me just make a distinction here, all right? Uh, I'm going to look at this camera. Uh, for believers, all right, we are in relationship with God through Christ. That's sealed. Mm -hmm. But we can be in broken fellowship with God. Yes. It doesn't end the relationship. We believe that that's intact. It's not dependent upon us measuring up to some righteous standard because our righteousness is in Christ, his righteousness. But we can break fellowship, and broken fellowship leads to the same problems mm -hmm. that broken relationship leads to. Yep. But what does God do? He restores that fellowship. And when we get restored to the life, the love, the light begins to flow again. Bibi? I, and just to add to that, I'm glad for uh, the truth uh, when the Bible says he's married to the backslider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So he's right. always with you. He doesn't give up on it. Don't point to me. You see? That's because CC is my favorite <laughs> wine. And he gets jealous. Ah, that's why. He gets okay. jealous. I yes. wonder where the hostility yes. comes okay, from. Okay. <laughs> but I am honored and I'm glad to be here with two of my family members. Um, as you know, and some people know, I come from a, gr a, a large family. Yes. And so there's 10 siblings, seven boys. My mom and dad had seven boys straight and then uh, three girls after me. So I'm the baby boy. So my brother, Michael, who is number five, <laughs> is number five. Um, I'm here today with his son. He had two children, his son. Uh, Michael Jr. and Michael Jr.'s wonderful wife. I told her the other day that she is every woman. <laughs> I mean, she is a blessed, blessed woman and a blessed wife. Um, her name is Stephanie. And so uh, we're here to share his story, how, how God has redeemed him. Um, and yet going through the fire, you know, in the choices that we mm -hmm. make, sometimes we have to pay consequences in, right. in, in those choices. And so, um, but God can still be with us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. as we walk through the valley of the shadows of death. So I'm here with my, my, one of my favorite nephews, Mike Jr. One of favorite. One of one of one of. I got some, I got about forty of them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but he is one of my favorite. He is one of my favorite. So, Pastor, it's a wonderful uh, honor to be here. Uh, my wife and I, we've enjoyed the word thus far today. Uh, just really quick, um, some years back, back in um, 2008, um, I was introduced to an investment opportunity by someone that I trusted. And I didn't do the, the due diligence, you know, I was very ambitious, had a lot of success in the music production realm. And so I ventured into an area that I did not have expertise in, mm. finance. <laughs> and so, um, again, I was very ambitious, didn't do my due diligence and started to get other people involved in the investment opportunity. There did come a time when I became aware that the investment was fraudulent. And what I should have done was alert the authorities and the investors that it was no longer a good investment, but I didn't do it, thinking that within my own power, I could fix it. 
And then what that did was it just started a domino effect and it ended up with me, you know, being charged with a financial offense and sentenced to nearly 14 years in prison. Wow. wow. Yeah, had never been in any trouble in my life, but um, the hammer came down. So you can imagine how tough that experience was. We had, um, Steffi and I were newly married. We had a, an infant daughter. And so at that moment, I'm thinking like, Lord, like how did I end up in this position? Um, but over time through the prayers of the saints and you know, we have a believing family, mm -hmm. there was a peace that, that came over me while I was away. Um, I spent about eight and a half years away and the Lord opened up a door to where I was able to be released early. Mm. Uh, I mean, I had a, a loving wife who really held it down, was the rock of our family. And that also gave me additional strength to, to persevere. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just believe God has given me another chance to get it right. Mm. And everything that went wrong, I believe that it's going to be made right. No, it is right mm -hmm. already. It's just Come now on. a matter of the manifestation coming to pass. Yeah, amen, amen. And so I just wanted to share that with you and with all your viewers that even in the darkest times, yeah. Yeah. you know, God is still there. And there can be broken fellowship, but thank God we serve a God who will receive us back yeah. and yeah. will connect back with us. So he, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to restore us and cleanse us from that unrighteousness. One of the things that was very um, rewarding to me was every time I went to go visit him, um, believing that he would be excited, being I was his favorite uncle, whatever. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, but, of, of course. So but proclaimed. what was so unbelievable <laughs> to me was I, I remember leaving every time I left from a visit from him, I left so blessed. Mm. I was more blessed than he was. Mm. And so it reminds me of when, when Jesus tells us, you know, clothe the naked. When you do that, you do that unto me. So I felt and understood I was doing what God called me to do, yeah. Yeah. not only because he was my nephew. Um, and so, and, and again, you know, he referenced Stephanie. I don't know how she did it. Mm. <laughs> other than knowing that she was, was rooted and grounded in, in God. But when I say I never saw a woman that was so dedicated, not only to her husband, but also going to school and becoming a lawyer. Wow. Whoa. So Whoa. how did you so, do it? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs, says, Proverbs says an understanding wife is a gift from the Lord. And... To have someone understand what you were going through and to embrace your repentance and still support you, that is a gift. Especially now in this day and age where women are, and I'm saying this, I'm watching what I say and how I say it. Yeah, I'm watching. But any area where there could be a sign of weakness, women are shying away from it. Mm. In right. terms of weakness and, in the man. Yeah. No, in, in terms of weakness, like, so if I show submission, is that a sign of weakness? If I, you know, show you know, a level of understanding. Or if I, if I stand by my yes, man. Yes. You know, so it's a, is, is yeah, that a, a level it. of weakness? So now you're talking about, no, the, the level of strength that you had to show to understand and stand. What was that like? Understand that? and stand, Ooh, right? That'll preach. <laughs> 
Well, I think, I think what I'll say is um, I was blessed because I, in addition to being raised and, and rooted in the word of God, I had the opportunity to know Mike for a very long time. We met as teenagers, so I knew who he was. I knew his character, and even in knowing his flaws and knowing everything that had transpired, I understood that he knew and he felt convicted more than I could ever try to make him feel bad mm. about it. And I also knew the weight of the totality of the circumstances that was coming upon him. And so my immediate uh, reaction was to protect him. And so I wanted to, to just be that support system for him, no matter what. I told him, uh, aside from being his wife, I'm, I'm his friend, mm. and I will always be his friend, no matter what. So that was my position that I took on, is I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to support you, I'm going to be there. And we, of course, we had challenging times. I, that would not be the truth if I said we did not. But I told him that, I'm here that, you know, I, I said I was here, I'm going to be here. And we share a daughter together as well. And so it was important for me to make sure that um, I was able to uh, present myself as a good example for her of how to stand strong during challenging times. Amen. And then also I wanted her to understand that her father is a great man and mm -hmm. that even the greatest of men make mistakes mm -hmm. and they can fall. But thanks be to God that they can get up again and that there is an opportunity for repentance and for uh, reconciliation with God and, and God can redeem the time. He can do anything. And yeah. so I solely believed in my heart that this was just our story. And it's an interesting story. Yes. Um, it's going to be a very interesting story. At the end we'll look back and we'll say, wow, how did we get through all of these times? But I thought that, <laughs> that, for where God is taking us, perhaps this is something that we needed to go through in order to grow, in order for God to refine us and make us what he would want us to be. Yeah, yeah. So. getting meaning and purpose out of what we go through can be challenging, and sometimes we don't get the answer to that, and sometimes we do. Sometimes immediately, sometimes later on as we look back and reflect, and sometimes it, it remains an open question, but we do know it was a demand for us to have faith and to trust in God. Even as pastor, leader, I've been at this for 44 years, every leader, along with every Christian, has to experience a season, several seasons, of supernatural dependence on God. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have those seasons of having to depend on God and his supernatural help, help we can think we got this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, and we can go on in our own strength and not even realize, like Samson, that we were disconnected yep. mm -hmm. until we begin to see the weakness show up in our dealing with life. So I see a book here. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, when are you going to write see, the book? I see, I see yeah. this going on tour. You know, I see this being packaged because it's, you know, there's so many different principles and elements that can come out of it, right? And, um, you know, not giving up on your faith, you know, not giving up on, on yourself, right? You know, it, it had, to be, had to be something that was planted in you from young, right? And for you not to give up, you know, you know how many women were there, I ought to give up on that man, you know, find me a good man, you know, and stuff like that. That's just becomes my baby daddy. But there's something that happened. And I, so I'm, I'm like learning and receiving from this experience of just yeah, talking. Yeah, especially with, you know, in, in the last... 40 years, we have experienced a generation of, especially women of color, who have experienced unprecedented wealth, education, and upward mobility. 
And that often translates into, well, if you don't have it together, brother, mm-hmm. I'm moving on. Especially because you got your law degree. Like, so, so you <laughs> continue growing as an individual. How long did it take you to finish your degree after Mike went away? So I didn't go immediately, but once I started, it was roughly around 2016. I, I did an evening program because I was working full time at the same time. So it was a four year program mm. for me to complete. Which law, law school is re- usually two years. So you had yeah. to spread it out. Yeah. Yes. Because it was an evening program. Right, yes. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Well, look, we're so proud of you. Bibi, you want to bring out anything else? Mm-hmm. Well, w- w- one of the things too, um, I, I, was overwhelmed by how he never became bitter. You know, he never became bitter. His, his, his being separated from his wife, from his daughter, um, every time he would call, I would be encouraged from the call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. what's going on? And so one of the things I, I, I'll, I'll ask him to share, while you were in prison, how did you build your life, your relationship with God? Well, I'll say this. I got into the word. That's why I love what you were talking about earlier. And it continued to give me life. Mm. It would fuel me. And I began to teach Bible studies. Wow. And I saw the response that the other guys would give. And it was giving them life. Mm. And I said, well, Lord, as long as you're giving me life. Come on. Everyone that I come in contact with, I'm going to give that life life to. And so I was... I was encouraged in the word. Wow. And so I could call my wife and it could be all types of things going on. I tried to keep a positive, upbeat attitude. I would call uh, relatives and friends and tell them to keep on going. Sometimes I felt like uh, <laughs> I was a counselor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I also recognized lastly that bitterness is unproductive. Mm. I saw so many people around me who some may say that they had a right to be bitter, but it, it doesn't give life. Yeah. It's yeah. a disconnector. And mm-hmm. so I said, let me do the opposite. And, and Lord, I know that you'll bless me for blessing you. And it, it just worked out, man. And, and I believe the principle of God, they work. Yeah. You they know, work. I don't need really anyone else to tell me that they work. I've experienced it myself. Yeah. And, and um, there's a song that um, my dad and his brothers used to sing. And the line said, I've come to know you in a very real yes, way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Come on. And, and that's <laughs> when you've experienced right him. And you don't really need, I mean, it's nice to hear other people talk, talk about their stories mm-hmm. because we do overcome by the word of, of the testimonies. But now I know him for myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not living or, or understanding him through, vicariously through anyone. I, I have a, a direct line now. We do. We have a direct line. Yeah. That's not what you heard. There you go. About God. That you know about God. Amen. And that's what our experiences do for us. It get, helps. Unfortunately, there are too many people who know just enough about God to get mad at him. Mm. And that's a big problem in our yep. society. Mm-hmm. They don't study the word. They don't get to know and understand him. I will tell you, as I continue to learn more about God, especially applying that knowledge to life, I hit areas where... I'm surprised because I had another image in my mind about what that experience should have been like. And then I experience it with God in truth. And I can now react to that and say, well, no, no, no. This is is not what I signed up for. Or I can say, wow, let me understand this better and continue to learn and, and grow. So I'm glad that you took it, embraced it, and said, okay, Lord, 
you, I'm gonna let you do something with this situation in my life. So, yeah, I got one question. What is there a particular scripture that when you got to your lows, because I know there was some low points, right, that, that really refueled you or, or, or re-energized you to continue staying focused? Because I, I think part of the ability not to become bitter was the fact that you owned it, right? Ownership of something that you did, failed to do or you didn't do right puts you in a place where you don't go down that path to bitterness and cynicism and anger, frustration. So you owned it, but and there had to be some lows. What would, what would you say would be the, that one text or the two texts? You know, my wife and I, we were talking about that the other day. I would say Mark 11, 24, I mean, have faith in God. Yeah. You can say to this mountain, be thou removed. <laughs> I said, this is a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I want yeah. it to be removed. And sometimes you want the mountain to move a little quicker than it's moving. Mm -hmm. But there's some mm -hmm. things, some practical things that mm -hmm. you, you've got to do, yeah. some, some moral things, some, some owning it. I, I won't say that originally I owned it because it was, it was so many things that were going on. And I said, you know, you, you have a pity party. Lord, sure. do like, really? Why like, that, was it all? Yeah. Did, did I? Hey, come on. You, you know me, Lord. That's, that's not even my heart. But the Lord was just showing me a different level of humility and how you may not have any intentions of hurting anyone and you could still hurt someone. Yeah. And so own that. And, and my wife, she'll tell you, she's, look, you've got to own it. That, that, that's part of growing up and being a man of God. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes as men, we are not apt to just accept our flaws and say, you know what, I did that wrong and that. You, you want to get to the highlights. And so I learned how to embrace the low lights so that I, I could grow. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. I feel like I'm a better man as a result of it. There's this Amen. book called, um, I know the author, it's called Four Things Women Want From a Man. <laughs> and one of the four things is maturity. Mm -hmm. And maturity doesn't come with age. It begins with the acceptance of responsibility. When a man is willing to accept responsibility for his words, thoughts, motives, actions, attitudes, and choices, that's when he's on the path to growing up and being a man. What Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, understood like a child, right? When I became a man, I put away. God didn't take it from me. Mm -hmm. I put away childish things. And that's what maturation is all about. And the number one complaint that women had that we interviewed for the book, I just wish he'd grow up. <laughs> and I didn't know what they meant at first until I realized that they wanted him to own it, take responsibility for his words, his thoughts, his actions, his motives, his choices. And that made a big difference in a woman's heart and mine. So thank you. Yes. Well, I'll get that book as soon as we leave. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, uh, or um, Ari, come here, sweetie. Oh, this is, mm -hmm. ooh, yeah. this is one of the come reasons. On, come, come on up, up here, come on up here, real quick, come she, on up. She's being shy. Mm -hmm. She's shy, she's come shy. On. But God gave both of them a reason to keep on fighting. Uh, and this is, this is the reason. This is Ari. Uh, <laughs> she's she's nervous. <laughs> she's nine now, right? Ten. Oh, she's ten. But this has been absolutely wonderful to see God restore this family yeah, again. Amen. amen. And that's, that's the God that we serve, yes. a God of redemption, mm -hmm. not the God who is looking to blast you and throw you into hell. No, I, they got that mixed up. Our God is a God of love, life, and light. Thank you so much. Yes. Got an incredible family. And watching the generations continue, 
It's beautiful and just wonderful to have you here with us. Thanks thank you us. so much. Thank, thank you. And thank you yes. for being with us uh, today and just experience this extended service. But I think it bless you immensely as it will continue to bless others. Amen. So let's close out. Pray out. Pray out. Go ahead. Pray. He's the prayerer. <laughs> I want to ask that you pray us out. Beautiful. This people might be watching. Through that prayer, you can encourage them between the story yeah. of you and your wife and what you went through. Yeah. Lord, we thank you so much for being a good God, for being the one that we can count on no matter what's going on. We thank you for the words that have been spoken today, Lord. We want to remain connected to you, yes. the vine. And Lord, we thank you for redemption. We thank you for giving your son so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And Lord, for anyone who is watching or listening, God, we pray, Lord, that you would just touch their hearts right now. There are many people who have gone through different things in life, and they may even feel guilt about various experiences. But Lord, let them know that you love them even through their faults. And that you've already paid the price. They don't have to pay it. All they have to do is come to you. And so, Father, we love you and we appreciate you for being who you are. And we promise you that we will remain connected because that is where life starts. That is where life ends. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to really pray for you because you got a pastoral spirit. <laughs> We're going to be praying for you big time and your wife. Yes. So thank you for being with us. And as we leave this place, but never God's presence, Jesus, Jesus is Lord, Lord, period. We, we believe, believe it, we, we proclaim, proclaim it, and we are seeing it come to pass. pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless. Mm -hmm.